0: Welcome to Sunday evening worship here. We're so glad tonight you're able to join us for church. Wonderful opportunity to come into God's house, even if it's online, even if it's digitally. And you are here to worship the Lord. We're going through the gospel or the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. So I want you to go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 20, verses 13 through 38. We are going to see here today about Paul, how he is going to be returning from the third missionary journey. He's headed back to Jerusalem, and he's going to stop, and he's going to speak to the Ephesian leaders and give them encouragement. Do you need to be encouraged? This is a message of encouragement for today. I believe encouragement, especially during this pandemic, especially during the shutdown, especially amidst all of this uncertainty, That's one of the best things we as believers, we as Christians, have to offer. We want to be able to provide the ministry and the mission of encouragement. Why do we encourage? Listen, people drift. People drift away. And it's easy. You're focused. Then all of a sudden, the pandemic comes. You've got the shutdown. You're no longer working. You're not going to school. You're not in the church building like you used to. And it's easy to drift away from the Lord. Knowing that, why don't we need encouragement? Disagreements exist. Have you had any disagreements at home? Have you ever had uh, just people who just bump heads, you just see things differently? Goodness, if you watch the news, that's all it is. Um, I mean, pretty much whichever political party you're in, you've just, the, the sides have lined up, and obviously disagreements greatly exist. Knowing that, distractions are all around us. It is easy to be distracted. I was talking to someone today this morning, and they were telling me how at first they were very focused the first part of their quarantine, their stay at home, their social isolation at the house. But since then they've gotten more distracted, and now since things are slowly reopening, they're just um they're already losing somewhat their focus that maybe they had. Five or five or six, seven weeks ago, and knowing that one of the reasons why we need to encourage other believers, other Christians, is because it is easy to get discouraged. People grow cold, and what I mean by that is, all of a sudden, a setback occurs. Someone says something you don't. It's, uh, You don't get what you were expecting. And it's easy to become discouraged. Maybe when your close friend moves away, someone passes away, and you find yourself with the spirit of discouragement. Paul wanted to encourage the Philippian leaders. He planted the church there in Ephesus. He took the initiative of making sure that these folks... That he had poured three years there in Ephesus. He had discipled and mentored Timothy, a young pastor. He wanted to continue to encourage them as a fatherly figure would to lift them up in the Lord. And that's what we're going to see here tonight. Incredible passage of scripture. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20. I have up here on the screen here the map of Paul's third missionary journey. Here's where we're going to be at. If you take a look at this, we're going to start out here in Troas, and he's going to basically come on down to this area called Miltus. Miltus is about 30 miles south of Ephesus. It's along the coast. Paul knew he couldn't go into Ephesus, and the reason why is because he would stay there a lot longer than he wanted to. So he came about 30 miles away from Miltus, and he summoned the Ephesian leaders and says, Y'all need to come to me. Y'all come on down here. I'm waiting for you. And I want to share some words with you. Because he wanted to anxiously get down to Jerusalem. So that's where he's going to offer his encouragement. He's summoning the church leadership. The elders. The overseers. The pastors. The deacons. And he's going to encourage them to remain faithful in the Lord. So open up your Bibles. Acts chapter 20 verse 13. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Asaos where we were going to take Paul on board, because these were his instructions, since he himself was going by land. When he met us at Asaos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. Sailing from there, the next day, we arrived off Chios. The following day, we crossed over to Samoas, and the day after that, we came to Miltus, For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia because he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, for the day of Pentecost. It talks about there, Paul wants to hurry up and get to Pentecost or get to Jerusalem for Pentecost. Pentecost, penta means 55, so it's 50 days after, it's seven weeks after uh, Passover. So, That is the day the Holy Spirit came. It's a movement of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit came there at Pentecost in that upper room. Right there in Jerusalem. And what occurred there is the folks started speaking in tongues. Fire started coming down. And you see this uh, miracle of um, 3,000 people were saved. Peter stood up, started boldly proclaiming, The gospel and shared about Jesus, and people heard about the Lord in their native language. Pentecost was a one time event that was the coming of the Holy Spirit. A Pentecost experience for us today is when we experience the Holy Spirit in our life. But what set Pentecost apart back then is that was when the primary work of the Holy Spirit is shifting. The best way I've been taught to understand the Old Testament up until the time of Jesus being born, the main focus was God the Father. Then the 33 years of Jesus on earth, mainly those three years of His ministry, was God the Son. And then, after Jesus died, rose again and ascended into heaven, right after that, Pentecost came. Fifty days later, the Holy Spirit comes down, and ever since then, we have lived in the days of Pentecost, the time of the Holy Spirit continuing to work right here in the middle of May, right here in the midst of this pandemic, here in Lexington and beyond, reaching and teaching about the Lord. The Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is who saves us, the Holy Spirit is what it means when we're led and we're we're led by God's will. We're led by the spirit. When we are saved, literally God's spirit comes inside of us and makes a home. So the, well, so when we see here, Paul, he wanted to get back to Jerusalem for Pentecost because he was knowing that's that was were three pilgrimage journeys that Jewish men would go on. And one was the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. It was typically in early, early June. So, probably in a few weeks, we will be celebrating Pentecost here. It will be a, that opportunity of remembering. Uh, Exodus 23 16 told Jewish men that they were to remember Pentecost. That was the time. Why Pentecost in the Old Testament? That is when God gave Moses the law. So, the Ten Commandments were given during the very first Pentecost on Mount Sinai. So keep going here in your Bibles. Acts chapter 20. Here is the encouragement that Paul is going going to give and provide. Verse 17. Now from Miltus, so we're not far, we're about 30 miles from Ephesus. This is where he's going to do his teaching at. He sent to Ephesus and summoned the elders of the church. When they came to him, he said to them, You know from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and during the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. Paul's reminding the folks, he's reminding those leaders. Men, while I was here for three years, what did I do? I continued to serve. I constantly had opposition. The biblical principle for us, if you're serving the Lord, there will be opposition. If you were doing ministry, if you're trying to lead people to Jesus, if you're trying to grow and seek God's will, I promise there's going to be opposition. The opposition you might meet might not be external. A lot of times it's internal meaning you're distracted, you're discouraged. Other things are vying for your attention. You have poor time management skills. You've drifted away from your focus. What we see here in this passage is Paul's reminding them, guys, I had a zero focus. I was leading by example, pushing and leading people to Christ. Um, Verse 20. You know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. So Paul did this. He was in a sanctuary, a synagogue. He was in public teaching. But knowing that, he did private teaching. When he was visiting someone in their home, he was teaching them the ways of the Lord. Verse 21, I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Meaning, he's saying, what was my teaching? It was the simple gospel. What is the simple gospel? You turn from your sins, you repent of your sins, and you place your faith in Jesus. That's our message today. That's what brings revival. That's what saves souls. That's what we as believers here in 2020, amidst the coronavirus season, we... Communicate the good news. Repentance and faith in Jesus. Turning from our sins and turning towards Him. Look up here, verse 22. Goes on to say, And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading him. When's the last time you were led by the Holy Spirit? When is... The, when has God's Spirit compelled you to say something or to do something? Next week, church will reopen. If you feel led, you can come. If you feel safe, you can come at 10 a.m. You'll come and you'll receive one of these. This is a box of face masks. You'll pull your face mask out. If you don't have one already, we will provide you with one. And you'll wear your face mask and you'll worship. It'll be unusual. You'll come to church wearing your face mask, worshiping the Lord. And I think what's powerful about this, it's our reminder that as Christians, whether we're in a pandemic, whether there's persecution in 2020 or 2,000 years ago, the Spirit compels us. He's pushing us forward. Now, I only want you to come next week if you feel safe. If you're in a high-risk category, if you need to stay at home, you can watch the services and worship at home. But if you're already going to work, if you're getting out, if you're healthy, absolutely you're welcome. You and your family can come and sit in the pews with with our mask on, and worship the Lord. You might be compelled by the Spirit to come worship in person. Look at verse 23. It goes on to say, Except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. Paul knew, when I go from town to town, when I go to Jerusalem, I will one day find myself in prison. I will be beaten. He wasn't doing living a life of comfort. This missionary was giving it all. He was prepared to die for the gospel. But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course in the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus. When he says finish my course, He had a zero focus on what he was doing. What is he doing? He's going to boldly proclaim the gospel. He wants to encourage those folks. Encourage the pastors and the elders there in Ephesus. and And then move along. Headed to Jerusalem. To testify to the gospel of God's grace. You see the evangelism, evangelistic mission throughout him. I think from us, what Paul's trying to convey is he wants those leaders to know from Ephesus. Guys, I'm here to encourage you. Encouragement is a spiritual gift from the Lord. And just like I'm encouraging you, I hope to go to Jerusalem Safely and go there and encourage those brothers too. And now you need to go back home to Ephesus and you encourage the believers. Who do you know tonight that needs encouragement? Who do you know that is drifted away from the Lord, that has become discouraged? Do you know things this summer are likely going to be different? Restaurants are allowed to open Friday at 33% capacity. Same as churches. You'll go into a business and you'll be asked to wear a mask. And instead of allowing these changes to discourage you or to fight against it, you, you practice encouragement saying, if this is how it's going to be, I want to be healthy and safe. I'll follow along. And I'll continue moving forward. That is what Paul's doing here. He knew his course. Do not allow a pandemic. To prevent you from finishing your purpose. If you're in school. God wants you to graduate. If you're working. God wants you to give 110%. If you're you're raising a family, you train up your children in the ways of the Lord. You're a faithful Christian, it serves this church as a deacon, as a leader. You continue to serve. We encourage one another. We do not stop because of discouragement. Verse 25. It goes on to say here, and now I know that none of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, will ever see me again. Paul realizes, guys, I'm not going to see you again. This is it. Verse 26. Therefore I declare to you, this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all of you, meaning I have clean hands. There's nothing I'm embarrassed. You aren't going to find any skeletons in my closet. Do you know one of the things is, is when you uh, run for public office, one of the things you have to do, especially for president, then there's people you can hire to do this, they basically go look at your life, your entire life, and say, okay, what skeletons are in the closet? What stuff is going to reappear on the Internet in a year or two that could bring down your campaign? What could reemerge as ammunition against you? And I think the biblical principle for us is Paul saying, guys, I have clean hands. I have a clean mouth. There's nothing that's going to creep up. Nothing's going to show up in the background check. Old pictures on the internet that I regret. Verse 27. Because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. The whole plan of God is the Old and the New testament. It's not cherry-picking the Bible. We live in a day of cherry-picking the Bible where folks want to maybe only teach about the love of God and not the judgment, where folks only want to teach about uh, maybe their favorite books of the Scriptures, the books we don't understand or we don't like. We avoid those verses. We avoid those Scriptures. It's easy to preach on the Psalms. It's hard to preach out of Ezekiel. It's easy to preach on the love of God. But the truth is, God, Jesus spoke more about hell than He did heaven. Hell's a reality. People without Jesus Christ are going to hell. People who are going to heaven only get there through Jesus Christ. You don't get there being a Buddhist or a Muslim or following the teachings of Muhammad. Muhammad. Or being a Hindu. Jesus says I am the way. The truth and life. No one comes to the father. But through me. And if you're going around. Boldly proclaiming. Jesus is the only way. That is not a popular message. That is a message. That many people. Will mock. And criticize you. In a liberal. Tolerant culture and society No, they don't want to hear that yet Jesus wants us as believers Jesus wants an army of folks that will come in and say hey he is the only way to salvation God's son he died for you you accept him you're saved that's what it means to be saved You follow Jesus Christ. Not only that, keep going here. That's the whole plan of God. Verse 28. Be on your guard for yourselves and for all the flock for which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. Overseers, that's another word for pastors. In the Bible, the word pastors, there's four different words that are used to describe the office I hold. Overseer, pastor, bishop, and elder. All four of those are the same office. Paul is this is basically a pastors meeting and he's speaking to pastors and overseers the leaders in the churches there and he's encouraging them he's teaching them that if they're not careful folks will come into their flock and look at this and and destroy them the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Jesus died for the church. Verse 29. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock, meaning you will be attacked. Paul's aware that the attack's coming. And Paul's praying that you're aware of the wolf. Wolf comes in and devours the lamb. The Christian that's caught off guard, the believer that's no longer standing, that got a hit. How how is a savage wolf? It's sin. It's temptation. It's a lure. It's an addiction. It it brings you down a road. That is not pursuing holiness to the Lord. Verse 30. Men will rise up from even among your own number. And distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore be on the alert. Remembering that night and day. For three years I never stopped warning each of you with tears. Paul is reminding them. Guys I prayed. I warned, I encouraged, I was faithful over and over again in lifting you up to the Lord. Because I knew the moment I left, it was going to happen. The attacks were coming. Look what it goes on to say here. Verse 32. And now I commit you to God. I mean, I'm giving you to the Lord. And to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. Do you know what we do when you raise a family, your children or grandchildren, and they're going out? Maybe they're moving off. They're going off to college. They're going off to be married. They're going off other side of the world. Other side of the nation. they got a job in another state. You're committing them to God. Because you can't, you can't be there overseeing them every day. You're, you're giving them to the Lord. All you can do is pray for them. But that's the most important thing you can do. Is committing them to God. You commit your children. Your grandchildren. To the Lord. Verse 33. I have not coveted anyone. Silver or gold. Or clothing. Paul wasn't in this for making money. You yourselves know that I worked with my own hands. To support myself and those who are with me. In every way I've shown you. That it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Because he says. It is more blessed to give than to receive. God wants you and I to be givers. Not to be takers. You receive a greater blessing. If you're giving Things away, yourself away, then taking. Are you a giver? Have you been a giver throughout the coronavirus season? Verse 36. After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. The kneeling position for Paul. He, you know, when you get on your knees, it's a sign of submission. You're praying with and over someone else. You're lifting up to the Lord what's most important. There were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most over all his statement that they would never see him his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. They grieved because they knew this is it. I will not see Paul again. I've got one more scripture out of the book of First Timothy up here. I want to tell you why First Timothy 4.16 is so important. If you remember, Timothy was mentored and discipled by Paul. Timothy had been pastoring the church there in Ephesus. Timothy was one of the elders that was here, is listening. So by the time that Paul wrote 1 Timothy... Several years had passed. And he's coming back and he's going to remind young Timothy about basically the same things he told these folks here at Miltus. He says, pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. He is reminding this young man. That your life, the example you set, it is just important as the teaching. Because if your character is weak, if your character is flawed, you lose the influence, you lose the impact of your teachings. No one's gonna listen to you go around asking people to turn from their sins to turn to Jesus Christ if they're living an immoral and wicked lifestyle. No one's going to take you up on your offer to come visit church or come receive Jesus if your language is filthy. If what you talk about, the way you treat people, is like garbage. If you turn a deaf ear to the poor, if you're hateful, If you're antagonistic, if you're argumentative, you lose your witness. That's what Paul's saying here. Look what else I have up on the screen. Look at the example that we do to serve Christ. What are we to do? Our example Jesus told us, we're to teach the whole gospel. The whole gospel is the areas that maybe we don't particularly like, that aren't popular. The whole gospel is Jesus is the only way. We repent of our sins. We turn to Him. Not only do we teach the whole gospel, we tell the whole city. Starting here in our city of Lexington, in your city, wherever you're at, listening to this. There's people who do not know Jesus. Mission starts at home. Have you ever wondered the difference between missions and evangelism? Missions is cross-culture. It's going to someone who's different than you. Evangelism sharing the gospel with maybe someone who is very similar to you. Maybe it's somebody you work with every day. A family member. And they just, they're lost. On Sunday, Sunday nights, there are other priorities. But there's a whole city of lost people. And thirdly and finally, how do we serve Christ? With our whole strength. We give everything. We love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind. And Jesus said, strength meaning our energies are for the Lord. We give our strength to God. So how do we take all this? Here we are. It's May 17th. It's Sunday night, middle of May. Summer's coming. It's finally starting to warm up. Nice warm day. How do we take this? And we see this message here from Paul about encouragement and we're amidst this pandemic, you read the newspaper, you turn on the news, you go through your social media scroll, and it's negative, negative, negative. The sky is falling. The world's coming to an end. Everyone's going to die. How do we as believers take this and, and really lead forward? How do we protect our flock how do we protect our family and here's some practical application because remember Paul is speaking to fellow believers this was one of his few messages that he spoke to fellow believers it wasn't the lost people people just like him who were saved do not offer your opinion on everything this is so important today Every every one of us has an opinion about every single item. I have an opinion. You have an opinion. If we had people in the pews right now, you you'd be thinking your opinion. Well, this message is going too long? This is what I think. These are my two cents. You know, I mean, you just think about it. We're going to invite you to come next Sunday. You have an opinion on that? Maybe it's too soon. What's taking so long? Those are the two two opinions. We're going to hand you a face mask if you don't have one. You're going to have an opinion on why do I have to wear this. I don't care what the governor says. Who's going, to, who's going to enforce the rule? I mean, there's just opinion and attitudes on everything. And sometimes, I think for believers, even though you might have an opinion on it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to share it. Listen. If it doesn't break scripture, if it doesn't break God's law, if it doesn't conflict with what God has told us, and nowhere in the Bible does it tell us about what to do to prevent viruses, such as wear as a face mask. Now, it is interesting. I take that back. In the book of Leviticus, people who were sick were to be in quarantine for either a week or two weeks. But there's nothing in there about face coverings. You were just supposed to isolate yourself. To get well. So in many ways. Quarantine is God's original plan for healing. So we follow that along. But we have to be careful. That we don't get hung up. On giving our opinion on every single little issue. Number two. Stability is your friend. Now is the time. To be stable in the Lord. This is a time that. Basically, you continue to remain, continue to be guided by the Scriptures. You submit to the authorities. We obviously submit to the government. And we also are are led by the Lord, by God's Word. And we want to be stable in what we're doing. Stability in times of pandemic, leads people to Jesus. And what I mean by that is important. People are looking for answers. They're looking for hope. Where do they find it? They find it in God's Word. Not in self-help. Not in the latest fad. And you and I as believers, we want to be able to point people to what's most stable. You know, God's Word remains the same. It's here yesterday, today, and forever. And it will continue on for us. And lastly, we see here, wrapping this up, a positive attitude is contagious. Paul, when he spoke to these Ephesian leaders, he proudly and boldly encouraged them. Not discouraged. He encouraged them with positive attitude. You need to make sure That your attitude this summer, and really forever, I spoke about this morning, is one that is uplifting and unites people to Jesus. No one is going to come to Christ by someone who is bitter and negative. You want to be led closer to Jesus? If you have a smile on your face and you're encouraging them in the Lord, They're more likely to do that. People love encouragement. And tonight, I want to encourage you. I want, just like Paul encouraged the Ephesian elders, I want to encourage you to remain stable, to remain positive, and not only that, not to go around sharing your opinion on everything. We point people to Jesus. We encourage them to find God's will. We want them to grow in their faith instead of sitting around having a pity party and getting depressed over ourselves. You know, by you focusing on other people, it lifts you up. Do you know Jesus? Is he your Savior? Have you surrendered your life to him? I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord tonight. Paul spoke about the whole plan of God. The whole plan of God involves you responding to Jesus and and trusting in him as your Savior. And it says he knelt down and he prayed. So I'm going to kneel down tonight and we're going to end. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So wherever you're at. I you bow your head and close your eyes. If you want to get saved, you repeat after me. It's the sinner's prayer. You ask Jesus into your heart. Jesus says, He does not forsake us. So when you cry out to Him, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He doesn't turn a deaf ear. His arm isn't too short. Peter was drowning When he looked down, he was was walking on water, but then he saw the waves and he saw the wind and he started seeking. And he said, Lord! And the Lord reached out and saved him. Some of you need to be saved tonight. Let's pray. You pray along with me. Dear Jesus, reach out and save me. I turn from my sin. I turn to you. For too long, I've been a sinner. Now I want to be saved. Jesus, I'm yours. I believe in you. From this day on, I'm living for you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you meant that prayer, if you committed your life to God, if you... Ask Christ to come in your life. The Bible says that you're saved. You reach out to me. You send me a message. And I'll be getting in touch with you about your next steps in following the Lord. God has a plan and He has a purpose for you. It's no accident that you've been listening to this tonight. It's no accident that God has brought you to this, to this service, to this podcast, to this audio. And the point is that just like Paul was encouraging these Ephesian leaders, I'm encouraging you in the Lord. I'm so glad you and your family were able to tune in this evening. I hope you're able to give and support the mission and the ministry of Broadway Baptist Church and for us continuing these broadcasts and taking the gospel beginning here in Lexington and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It's exciting to be able to serve the Lord to encourage other people. Thank you so much. We will see you again next Sunday.